ahead and turn in your Bibles to Esther chapter 3. I'm going to give you a little background story. I'm going to read through chapter 3 to make sure the story is clear and start preaching to you in chapter 4. That being said, I'll, I will pray and we will begin. Amen? Father God, we love You. Thank You so much, Jesus, for this day. Thank You we have the privilege and the opportunity to gather together here in Your temple, in Your house, to praise and worship You this morning, Lord. Lord, we come before You right now, God. We need You. I'm asking You to give us of Yourself. Fill Your house. Fill Your temple with the glory of Yourself. Breathe on this place, God. I ask You for unction from heaven. Anoint me, God. Anoint the hour. Anoint this time. Bind any hindrance. Bind the enemy. Bind anything that would come against Your work today, God. Anoint my lips and my tongue. God, help me to preach only what You would have me to preach Nothing more, nothing less. I ask You, God, that You would anoint and prepare the soil. If there's one in here, God, that needs to be saved, today's the day of salvation. Open eyes of the blind. Bring the prisoners out of darkness. Revive the Christians. Restore unto us the joy of Your salvation. Lord, we love You. We'll give You all the glory, all the praise, and all God's people said, Amen. We're in the book of Esther. An amazing book, an amazing story. We see the power of God. Esther is a book, the time that this story takes place is about 50 years after the rebuilding of the walls. After Ezra, after Nehemiah had built the walls. Um, the Jews are free to go back to Jerusalem. It's been about 50 years after the walls have been rebuilt. The Jews are free to go back to Jeru- Jerusalem, but many of them are still spread out um, where we pick up uh, in the story today, there's 127 provinces. Uh, they're actually in Babylon, um, the kingdom of the Persians. King Ahasuerus is the king of the Persians. And in the beginning of Esther, that's where we pick up with King Ahasuerus. And I'm going to just kind of skim over some of the story. But King Ahasuerus decides that he needs a new queen. Uh, queen Vashti, he did not believe, was uh, submissive of being a good queen. So his Enochs come to him and say, let's, let's have a new queen. They said, let's gather together all the, the young maidens, the young virgins of the land. And they go and send out. And Esther, that was crazy. Esther is chosen as one of the young virgins, as one of the maidens. She is chosen and we see her submissive attitude to God. And she is, uh, she is chosen as queen. She's chosen as the queen in the kingdom of the Persians. And Esther is related to a man named Mordecai. Mordecai is a blood relative. He is basically adopted and is like the father of Esther. Esther's parents passed away. Mordecai is a man of God. He basically raised Esther as as his own. Esther and Mordecai are Jews. When Esther was chosen as queen... Mordecai informed Esther not to tell anybody that they were related, and she didn't tell anybody that she was a Jew. That's where we pick up on in our story. So Esther is the queen. Nobody knows that she's a Jew. Nobody knows that she is related to Mordecai. And that is where we'll pick up, and I'll read through chapter 3 to give us more of our story. That is right where we pick up. Esther chapter 3 and verse 1 says this, After these things, King Ahasuerus, promoted Haman, the son of Hamadatha, 
the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes who were with him. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman, for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. The king, we see, has advanced a man named Haman to above everybody in the land. Number two, he is number two over everybody. Uh, He's over everybody in the kingdom except the king himself. There's been a a proclamation that all bow the knee. We see Mordecai chooses not to bow the knee. Verse three, then the king's servants who are within the king's gate said to Mordecai, why do you transgress the king's command? Now it happened when they spoke to him daily, he would not listen to them that they told it to Haman to see whether Mordecai's words would stand. For Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay him homage, Haman was filled with wrath. But he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him of the people of Mordecai. Instead, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews who were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, the people of Mordecai. In the first month, which is the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast her, that is the lot, before Haman to determine the day and the month until it fell on the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar. They basically cast a lot, Haman and his men cast a lot, to find out what exact month and day they were going to destroy all the Jews. Then Haman said to King Hazarius, There is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from all other peoples, and they do not keep the king's laws. Therefore, it is not fitting for the king to let them remain. If it pleases the king, let a decree be written that they be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who do the work to bring it into the king's treasuries. So the king took his signet ring from, a, from his hand and gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. And the king said to Haman, the money and the people are given to you to do with them as seems good to you. Then the king's scribes were called on the thirteenth day of the first month, and a decree was written according to all Haman had commanded, to the king's satraps, to the governors who were over each province, to the officials of all the people, to every province according to its script, and to every people in their language. In the name of King Ahasuerus, it was written and sealed with the king's signet ring. And the letters were sent by couriers into all the king's provinces to destroy to kill and to annihilate all the Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, and to plunder their possessions. A copy of the document was to be issued as law in every province, being published for all people, that they should be ready for that day. The couriers went out, hastened by the king's command, and the decree was proclaimed in Shushan, the citadel, So the king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Shushan was perplexed. We see here that Haman is an enemy of the Jews. 
He seeks to destroy God's people. He seeks to destroy them all, kill them, annihilate them. The Bible says in Esther, He is the enemy of the Jews. Can I tell you today that we have an enemy that hates God's people? We have an enemy that seeks to kill and to destroy us. He hates God's people. You know, for that matter, he hates all people. Can I tell you this morning, Satan is an enemy that seeks to devour. He seeks to kill and to annihilate. He is the hater of your soul. He longs that you perish. He is our enemy. We have an enemy that longs to destroy us. You know, his goal is that we reject Jesus Christ, that we be deceived, that we, that we bow the knee to the enemy, that we not stand for God. His will is that we reject Jesus Christ, that we reject his love. He wants us to be confused. He wants us to be deceived by the, the, the lies of the, uh, the false, the fake religious, uh, as we see the Pharisees in the New Testament. Satan wants us to be confused. He does not want us to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, Satan's offering is sin. We are born with a curse. We are broken hearted. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus Christ longs His desire. He died on the cross that you might be saved. That you might be born again. You know, the enemy offers us sin. That's his offer. His offer is... Your brokenness, you can fill it with this. You can fill it with that. And we see many people today are lost, hurting, and broken. They desire the love of Jesus Christ, yet they are deceived. They have turned to sin to fill what only God can fill. And they are lost, headed to a devil's hell. Praise the Lord for Jesus Christ. That is the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is an answer. Praise God the Father that He sent His Son. Thank you that we have a spotless Lamb that has gone before us. Amen. The enemy wants to destroy us. Can I tell you this morning? He does not want us to stand for God. Mordecai would not bow the knee. Praise God for Mordecai. I was thinking about Mordecai last night and all the great heroes of the Bible. You know, we don't talk about Mordecai much. I wish I would more often. What a great man of God. He would not bow the knee to the enemy. Can I tell you, church, that the enemy wants us to bow the knee. That's what the enemy wants us to do. As the church of the living God, the enemy wants us to bow the knee. Mordecai stood. He would not kneel. We need people today now more than ever, I believe, to stand for God, to stand for righteousness, to stand for truth, to be boldly proclaiming the gospel message. We need people to stand up, to shine the light, to go into all the world, to preach the gospel to every creature. We got so much church, radio, television. We got so much. We've had more church than we've ever had in the history of the world. And we see so little of the power of the Holy Spirit. We see so little of the moving of God. It is absolutely incredible. It hurts me. It breaks my heart. Where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Where is the God of the Bible? He has not left us. He has never leaving us or forsaken us. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm telling you, the enemy has come along and he has deceived us. He has lied to us. We're afraid to stand for God. We're afraid to stand for righteousness. We're afraid to stand and speak the truth. 
We're afraid to stand against sin. We're afraid to stand against sin. We need some people, men and women, young people, we need some people to stand like Mordecai. I will not bow the knee. I will stand for God. I will stand against sin. Ephesians chapter 5 says, exposing the deeds of darkness. Can I tell you, in our day, what I see amongst the church overall, the church, there's only one church, one spirit, one Lord, one faith. All these other divisions that are here today are not from God. The Bible says one spirit, one Lord, one faith. If you're a born-again Christian, there is only one church, one church. You know, what I see from the church today in general, it's easier to be quiet and bow the knee. We are afraid of those who are lost. We're afraid of the enemy. We're afraid of what's going to happen. And it's incredible. It's easier to be quiet and bow the knee. Nobody will stand out and speak out against sin anymore. Nobody will stand up like Mordecai, proclaim the truth. We're afraid to stand against sin. In our day and time, we need this now more than ever. Drunkenness is sin. Homosexuality is sin. Sex outside of marriage is sin. Things have not changed. God's ways are the same. And I tell you this this morning, here's what, here's what the world wants. While they're all bowing the knee to the enemy, we're the ones standing. They're all bowing down saying, you judgmental fake, you hypocrite, you liar. You're not love. Why can't you just go along with everybody else and bow the knee? You're the problem. Can I tell you, Mordecai's not the problem. The problem is the enemy. Jesus Christ died for all that we may have new life. Can I tell you, God loves us all the same. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For God so loved the world. We, God loves us all the same. Gay, straight, Alcoholic, non-alcoholic, skinny, fat, short, tall. God loves us all the same. I don't care who you are and what you've done. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. The Pope ain't better than me. I don't care who you are. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us must be born of spirit, born again. I don't care how much church you've had. I don't care how much religion you've had. I don't care how many wicked things you've done. You must be saved. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus Christ loves and died for everyone. He loves us all the same. God doesn't hate gay people. People that say that don't know God. They don't know His Word. That's an absolute lie. That's a lie. The Bible says liars shall not enter the kingdom of God. Drunkards. People say, well, homosexuals won't enter the kingdom of God. Hey, well, the Bible says drunkards won't. Hey, I was a drunkard for nine years. Got blackout drunk all the time. I've done tons of drugs. I've done it all. But see, I'm born of spirit. I'm born again. I'm not better than anybody. The Bible says those who practice such things. See, God loves the drunks. God loves gay people. He loves us all. He loves the sinner. God hates the sin. You know why God hates the sin? Because it's a lie deceiving them to take them to a devil's hell. God loves us all. We have got to have some men and women today, young people, we have got to have some people that are willing to stand up like Mordecai. Stand against sin. Speak out. Proclaim it. It must be done in truth and love. If our message is not done in truth and love, it will not go out. We must be empowered with the Holy Spirit. We must stand and proclaim the truth of God's Word. And we must stand against sin. Oh, we need some Mordecais. 
We need some Mordecais desperately today. I'm telling you, this lost and dying world, they're hurt and they're broken. We've begun to believe the lie. We've begun to believe the deception of the enemy that the harvest actually is not full. We don't think that Satan has deceived us. We have bought into the lie that the harvest is really not full. People really don't want to hear it. What's right? Your opinion, the world's opinion, or God's Word? Anytime you come up against something that goes against God's Word, I don't care if it's in your heart, I don't care if it's a feeling, I don't care if you heard it somewhere else. Listen, this is always right and you're always wrong. You understand what I mean? God's Word is always right. When I have something that comes up against God's Word, I look at it and say, well, this must be right and I must be wrong. And when I, I'll tell you that, for example, when I first got saved, I came in here and I thought everybody was crazy. I thought, you know, this place is supposed to be holy. It's a sanctuary. We don't raise hands. We're not supposed to shout in the sanctuary. Because that's what I was raised and taught and told. Wrong. The Bible says, shout to the Lord, all the earth, Psalm 150, dance in the sanctuary, praise the name of God, lift up holy hands. I had to come to a place where that is one small example of many things where I had to come to a place and say, Branson, do you believe? You know what? I even felt it was wrong. Can I tell you, your feelings can be wrong. That's why we have God's Word. We have got to learn to trust God's Word, not our feelings. Not what you've been raised, taught, and told. You better find it right here. It has got to be in God's Word. I came to a place where I'd been saved for a year, and I finally said, Branson, I'm going to start believing what this book says. Not what I feel, not what I've been told, not my denomination. Uh-uh. I'm going to believe this book. Can I say this? This may not be true with some of you. Maybe it is. I'd say this. Most Christians, if I told most of you, most Christians in general, if I told most, most of you what I believed, you would think I'm a nut. I'm going to go ahead and just put myself out there and tell you what I believe. I believe everything in this book. That's the truth. I believe everything in this book. I believe the entire Old Testament, the New Testament. I believe in it all. I do. I believe it all. You may think I'm nuts, but I'm sorry. I choose to believe God. We've got to stand. We've got to stand. Proclaim the truth. Know the truth. Jesus says, know the truth. The truth shall set them free. Guys, he has not changed. His word is still the truth. Don't believe the lie, the deception that is going out. We must not bow the knee. We must stand. Don't bow the knee. Too many of the church, the born again child of God, the children, the people of God are bowing the knee because it's easier. Many of you, I'm sure, have seen the Passion of the Christ. Even if not, it's a movie. But you look at that cross. You look at Scripture. You look what Jesus did for us. But somebody may not like us at work, so... I'll bow the knee. We must stop being cowards. We must stand up in truth and in love. We must get next to the heart of the Master. Oh, Jesus Christ was motivated by compassion, not about being right, not about telling people they're going to hell. Hey, listen, you may tell somebody that they're going to go to hell because they're sin. If it's motivated by compassion, you'd be surprised. When you come to someone and say, look, here's God's Word. You say you know the Lord, but look, it says those who practice such things will not enter into the kingdom of God. I'm not coming to tell you I'm perfect. I'm not coming to tell you that, that I'm without sin. I'm just coming to show you. Look at God's Word in your life. This must be our stance. 
We must be willing to expose the deeds of darkness and stand for Jesus Christ. You'd be surprised how many people need to know that you must be saved. We think, because there's so much Bible, so much church, so much radio, we think that everybody knows. I was raised in church my whole life. And if I would have died when I was 25 before I got saved, I would have died and gone to hell. Fully, 100% believing I was going to go to heaven. You know what's funny is? The Bible is so clear. Those who... In 1 John, he cannot continue in sin. Depart from me, I never knew you. Those, you who practice lawlessness. I practiced sin. I willfully sinned against God, believed I was going to die and go to heaven. You'd be surprised how many people need to hear the actual truth of Scripture. You'd be surprised. Proclaim it. Shine the light. Stand for God. We need some men and women to stand for Jesus Christ. Chapter 4. Excuse me. Yes, chapter 4. When Mordecai learns all that had happened, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went as far as the front of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping, wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai to take the sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept them. We see Mordecai and the people of God, we see them find out what's happening, and their response is weeping, wailing. Their response is, is fasting. They, they clothe themselves in ashes. And I tell you, this response should speak to us this morning. What? This is their response. This is their response to the, 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 the news that their people were going to be destroyed. What is your response? What is your response to the fact that we have friends and family that are going to die and go to hell? What is your response? Can I tell you, the church, we need a fresh awakening of the anguish and brokenness of Jesus Christ. When's the last time, when's the last time you wept over somebody in your family that if Jesus Christ comes back this afternoon, they're going to die and spend eternity in hell? He loves them. He longs to save them. When's the last time you wept and were broken over anybody? I'll tell you this. This isn't something that's just naturally going to come. It's not something that you can just conjure up. I'll tell you, this brokenness over sin, this anguish, only happens to those who seek the face of God. When you get up next to the Master, His heartbeat will become your heartbeat. Your hands, your feet, your body, He will use you as an instrument, as a vessel. This is the response of God's people. Let me ask you this morning, church of the living God, to those who are born again, what is your response? What is your response that people are plunging into hell? What is your response that people are broken and they are in need of a Savior? You know, it's incredible. It's incredible. We'll wake up at 6 a.m. to go to garage sales. We'll wake up on one day of the year at 3 in the morning to go save 50 bucks on a stinking Xbox. We'll wake up. It's incredible the things that we'll do. When's the last time you got up and prayed? When's the last time you got up to seek the face of God? When's the last time you fasted? 
and sought the face of God. Listen, this isn't something that can be conjured up. I don't ever want to do anything fake. I don't want to shout and be fake. I don't want to do anything that's fake. I want to weep and have the brokenness. We need, church, the anguish of Jesus Christ. He came and He died for God so loved the world. We must love the world. We must love the lost and the dying. We must love them enough to speak the truth. We must love them enough to stand against sin. We must love them enough to tell it. Although we may be rejected and everybody may point and reject us, we must stand anyways. Was not to our Savior rejected? We must stand. We must have a brokenness and anguish. It's missing today in the church. God, help me. I pray this for myself. God, give me your brokenness. Give me your burden. Give me your love for sinners. Give me your love for the lost and dying of this world. Give me your anguish. The church needs the anguish of God. We don't care anymore. The enemy has come along and stolen our response. We're complacent. We're comfortable. Why people die and go to hell? Well, that's fine. I have my comfortable car and I can go and, and uh, watch a movie and spend time on Facebook. Those things aren't sin. I'm not saying they're sin at all. I like to have a good time. But listen, I'm a pilgrim and I'm a stranger here on this earth. I've been sent on a mission, on a journey. I am an ambassador. The night is coming when we can no longer work. Oh, God, set our eyes on eternity again. Our complacency and our comforts. The comforts of this world are destroying us. We need a broken heart. We need the anguish of Jesus Christ. Let this be our response. Mordecai, a great man of God, let us learn from the response of Mordecai this morning. Chapter 4, verse 5. Then Esther called Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to attend her, and she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. So Hathak went to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate. Esther basically sends one of her guys and says, you know, she sends a request to Mordecai, hey, what's going on? Why is everybody weeping and wailing? What's happening? Verse 7, And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him, and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, and that he might command her to go in to the king to make supplication to him and to plead before him for her people. So Hathak returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Esther sends a messenger says, what's happening? What's going on? Mordecai tells uh, the man, the, the messenger, all that has happened. What's going on? He explains it all. And he says this, command her. Tell Esther to go before the king. Tell Esther to go before the king on our behalf that we may not die. Verse 10, then Esther spoke to Hathak and gave him a command for Mordecai. This is Esther's response. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. Esther's response to Mordecai is this. Listen. 
Nobody can go into that inner court. The law is, if you go into the inner court and you had not been invited, it doesn't, the law is, you will die. You know, we're thinking, well, she's the queen. Listen, this is the Persian Empire. This is thousands of years ago. Things were much different then, okay? She was a woman. It doesn't matter. Nobody, nobody, unless they were called by the king, could go into the inner court. The law is they'd be put to death immediately. The only way you would live, if you entered to the inner court, was if the king held out the golden scepter to you. And by the reading of the story this morning, it doesn't sound like that happened too often. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. They come back and tell Mordecai that that was Esther's reply. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the Jews, all the other Jews. I'm going to read this one sentence. We'll stop at the period. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Okay, here's basically what Mordecai's response to her is. Hey, listen. God's going to deliver his people. He always keeps around a remnant. Praise God. Listen. God will arise. There will arise a deliverer. God will deliver. He will keep His people. But you, basically what it's saying is, listen, Esther, in your prominent place, when they find out that you are a Jew, don't think that you're going to be delivered. Don't think that you're going to get by. Somebody at your place and your prominence, you'll surely die. Right where I left off in chapter, in verse 14. They'll start over in verse 14. But if for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. Let me say this. This kind of may be going backwards a little bit about when I talked about standing. He says if you remain completely silent. I know I talked about standing and speaking out. Let me say this. To not speak out against evil is to be an accomplice of evil. To not speak out against evil is an accomplice of evil. I don't know about you. I don't want to be an accomplice of evil. We must stand and speak out. We must not remain completely silent. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Listen. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. He says, Esther, she tells him, hey, listen, Mordecai, I'll die. He says, listen, Esther, how do you know you haven't been placed here? I'm paraphrasing. Esther, how do you know you have not been divinely placed here by God for such a time as this? How do you know you haven't been placed here for such a time as this? How do you know you haven't been placed in your job for such a time as this? How do you know God hasn't placed you within that family, with the friends, the organ, wherever you're at, the circle you're in? How do you know? Friend, you have been placed here. Who knows whether you've been placed here for such a time as this? What have you done? What have you done with all God's given you? What have you done with the talents, the time, the treasures God has placed in your life None of them are ours, by the way. We are stewards. We're stewards of the gospel. You're a steward of everything. You don't even own your home. That ain't your car. That ain't your money. 
None of it is. You won't take any of it with you when you die. You are a steward. Hey, can I tell you, as Americans, we're blessed people. We think poor people, in our, in our society, people are poor, still have a television and an AC. We're a blessed people. We are. God's been faithful. He's been good to us. How do you know that you have not been placed here for such a time as this? What are you doing with all God's given you? Have you not been commanded? Have you not commanded? What did Jesus say about you, church? About you, the Christians? I'm not talking about just pastors. I'm talking about people who are born again. Go into all the world. Preach my word. Stand for me. Stand against sin. Stand up for the truth. You've been placed here for such a time as this. What are you doing? Look at the New Testament. Look at the disciples. Look at the people in the New Testament. The men and the women. Look what their lives were about. Is that what your life is about? Or is your life focused on your kingdom? On your job? On your possessions? Who knows whether you've been placed here for such a time as this? I believe you have. I believe we were made for more than this, church. I believe we were made to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. God, give us a revelation of the power that mightily works within us. God, help us to see the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of us. God, rid us of our complacency. Give us your burden. Give us your anguish. May we be bold and confident. The Holy Spirit gives audacity. We have been sent here for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan, and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. But my, my maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Esther says, I'll go. She says, I'll go. If I die, I die. I tell you this morning, Esther is a type of Christ. She submitted to the will of the Father on behalf of her people. She said, listen, I could die. He says, yes. Well, what's she say in the end? If I perish, I perish. Remember what Jesus prayed in the garden? I'm paraphrasing. Father, if there's another way, nevertheless, thy will be done. And he went. Jesus submitted to the Father. And he went and perished on behalf of his people. Esther, this was her choice. She believed that she was going to perish. She believed she was going to die. Verse 17, so Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. Praise the Lord, we made it to the good part. Chapter 5, verse 1. Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court. She put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace, across from the king's house, while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house, facing the entrance of the house. So it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. And Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. She put on her royal robes. 
She went and stood in the inner court. He looks at her. She found favor in his sight and he held out the golden scepter. I'm going to turn quickly. I'm going to read you a few scriptures out of Hebrews and I'll be right back to Esther. She put on the royal robe, stood in the inner court. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Chapter 6, verse 23. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But He, because He continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, He is able also to save the uttermost those who come to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. Chapter 9, verse 11. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but His own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, claims your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For He who promised is faithful. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8. But to the Son He says, Your throne, O God, is forever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of Your kingdom. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ has entered as our forerunner. He put on the royal robes, clothed in His blood. He went before the Father. He stood in the inner court. And His blood was pure. It was without spot. He was blameless and without sin. The Father looked down and He saw Him and He found favor in His sight. He held out the golden scepter, the scepter of righteousness. Can I tell you this morning, church, we can put on the royal robes. We have a high priest that has gone before us. Now, because of Jesus Christ, we can enter boldly into the throne room. We can draw near to the throne with confidence, with full assurance. We can boldly go before the throne of grace. We're covered in His righteousness. She put in the royal robes. We're covered with the blood of the Lamb who was slain. We can now enter in boldly. When the Father sees us, He looks down and He sees the blood, the precious blood of His Son, Jesus. You will always find favor in His sight. He'll always hold out the golden scepter. God's Word has commanded us, Oh Lord, give us a fresh awakening. Help us to walk by faith, not by sight. Help us know who we are, who You have said we are. Let us go forth, church, boldly. Draw near to the throne room. Go in with confidence and full assurance of faith. We have got to get a hold of this. We are called to walk by faith, not by sight. Many of us, you ask how our week's going. I'm guilty of this at times. Can I tell you, we are to walk by faith, not by sight. Many of us walk by feelings, not by faith. We, this is the truth. The enemy stands. The devil, the liar, the accuser of the brethren, he stands outside the door and he says, you can't enter in. 
You messed up today. You've done this. You've done that. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. We don't feel like we we don't feel God. We don't feel like we can enter in. So we choose to believe the enemy. We stand outside and we don't enter into the throne room. Church, I tell you, stop believing your feelings. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Start believing God's Word. I am who He says I am. I am a prince. I am a princess. I can go into the throne room. I can go boldly to the throne. I can have full assurance of faith, not feelings. Walk by faith. Walk by sight. Do not walk. Walk by faith, not by sight. We must learn to believe God's Word. When you don't feel it, hey, that don't matter. What do you believe in? God's Word is how you feel today. I'm telling you, we have got to learn to believe God's Word. We are sprinkled with the blood of the Lamb who was slain. How insulting, I wonder at times. How insulting in our unbelief. Do we insult the blood of the spotless Lamb of God? He has gone before you. Be cleansed. From your dead works. Rest in Him. Cease striving. He has gone before us. We must learn to draw near to the throne of grace with confidence and full assurance of faith because of our forerunner, because of Jesus Christ, because what He has done, it is finished, it has been paid. Your sin has been cast as far as the east is from the west. Stop believing the enemy. You can't enter into the throne room. He does hear your voice. Often we come to God and we think because we've messed up, we come like the prodigal son. We say, I just want to be a servant. The father says, "Uh uh-uh. No. Put on my ring. Clothe him with my robe. Put on my shoes. You're my son. You're my daughter. Enter in. Verse 3, And the king said to her, What do you wish, Esther? Queen Esther, what is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. Verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of Him? Church, we we spoke this uh, verse in Chronicles on Wednesday night. Ask. Seek, you will find. Knock, the door will be open to you. The Lord looks to and fro throughout the earth. He longs to exalt Himself through you. He longs that you may be anointed in the power of the Holy Spirit. He longs that you would cry out to Him on behalf of your friends and family. He longs to empower you. He is within you. I'm telling you, we don't believe God. We don't. We don't take hold of His Word and His promises. The enemy's deceived us. We're believing the lie and we don't draw. We don't come into the throne room in full assurance. We must start listening to the Master. He says, ask me. I will give it to you. Seek. You will find. You being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more the Father will He give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of Him? Esther's request. Later in the story, she tells Haman what's going on. She tells Haman what's going on. She tells of the plot. And she tells the king that she's related to Mordecai. And you know what? The king answers her request. 
Haman made gallows to hang Mordecai on. Haman hated Mordecai because he would not bow the knee. You know what happened? The king had Haman hung on his own gallows. Can I tell you this morning, the enemy is defeated. Jesus Christ, our forerunner, our high priest, has conquered death, hell, and the grave. Greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. His grace is greater than your sin. He has cast your sin as far as the east is from the west. Listen, we can't go to the throne room because we're so perfect. We can go to the throne room because of one thing. The royal robes, His precious blood. We must learn what we're covered in. We must learn to stand, to believe God. We have got promises. If we have the promises of God, if His, God, if His Word is true and He longs to bear fruit through us, He says, abide in you. My Father is glorified that you, church, bear much fruit. Are you bearing much fruit? Are you carrying out the ministry of Jesus Christ? Is your hands and your feet those of His? Are you shining the light of the darkness? Are you standing for Him? Are you speaking against sin? Are you standing for the truth? We have the power of God within us. We must learn to stand and say, listen, devil, I don't want to enter in. I can't enter in. You're right. I'm not good enough. But Jesus is. You're right. I'm not strong enough. But Jesus is. You're right. I can't go clothed in myself and my works. But I can go clothed in His. Because He is righteous. We must learn to ask. We must learn to take hold of the promises of God. Take that, take that check and cash it in the bank. God's promises are good. It's good every time. Haman was destroyed. Praise God, the devil is destroyed. And I tell you this, this is actually interesting in the story. The king sent out a decree. He actually, this is awesome. You read the story. Read the book of Esther this week. It's awesome. Mordecai, after the whole plot's made known, they know that Esther's a Jew. They know that she's related to Mordecai. They had Haman hung on his own gallows. And the king makes Mordecai number two in the whole kingdom. Mordecai sends out a decree. Now, I want you to get this. The enemy's been destroyed. Our devil's been destroyed. He's been defeated. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Listen to this in Esther chapter 8 and verse 11. They have a, now, remember, there was a day and time that the Jews were all going to be destroyed. Now, listen. Esther chapter 8 verse 11. By these letters, the king permitted the Jews who were in every city, to gather together and protect their lives, to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the forces of any people or province that would assault them, both little children and women, and to plunder their possessions. Okay. The enemy's been defeated. He's killed. Haman is dead. But the evil day to fight is still coming. The decree already went out. Can't be changed. But another decree goes out. You know what he says to all the Jews and all the people? Listen. Church, listen. Gather together. Spiritually, I proclaim to you this morning, come together in one accord. We must spiritually take up arms and fight. He says, gather together. Get the Jews all together. Anybody that comes against you, kill them, annihilate them, destroy them. Because there's an evil day. There is an evil day. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, 
Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Oh, I love that. Listen, the evil day. Friends, the enemy's been defeated. Death, hell, and the grave has been conquered. Can I tell you this morning? We're in the evil day. Oh, what's he say? Stand. Having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Church, the end of Esther, they do gather together, and they do destroy their enemies. Church, the enemy's been defeated, but I want you to know this. We're in a battle still. We're in a battle We fight from victory. He's already been cast down. He's been defeated. We must come together, spiritually take up arms and fight. The time to take up arms is now and to fight. He gave us our weapons. He told us we must put on the breastplate of His righteousness. We must hold up the shield of faith. We must use the sword. We must fight. As our worship team comes this morning, I challenge you this morning. Will you fight with me? We have got to come together in one accord. Are you willing to stand? This morning, are you willing to stand against sin? Everybody right here. Are you willing to stand? Are you willing to stand for God? Are you willing to stand for righteousness? Are you willing to stand for truth? Are you willing to speak out the gospel, what you've been commanded to do? Hey, let me ask you this. Are you willing to forgive? You've been commanded to forgive. God didn't suggest it. Wasn't a suggestion. You have been commanded to forgive. You've been commanded to love. You've been commanded to seek the Lord. Here we are. Warriors. Warriors for Jesus Christ. What are we doing? I want to ask you personally right now, every single one of you, what are you doing? What are you doing, Prince? What are you doing, Princess? What are you doing, Warrior for Jesus Christ? Are you standing? Are you proclaiming the truth? Are you standing against sin? Uh, You know, the world says, well, there's another way to go about it. Here's what they're saying. Shut up and don't talk about it. There's not another way to go about it. Hey, we must be led by the Holy Spirit. We must go out with the anointing and the power of God. But we must speak out. We must stand. We must cry out to God. God, give me your anguish. Give me your brokenness. We must enter into the throne room. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen, maybe you're doing nothing because you're trying to do everything without Him. It's incredible how much we can try and do for God without Him. And it all amounts to zilch. Nothing. We must go into the throne room. 
His will, His power. He longs to use you. He looks to and fro throughout the earth, looking to those whose heart is loyal to Him, longing to show Himself powerful through you. That is His will. It is His Word. It is truth, whether you feel it or not. We must know who and what we are. We must start putting on the royal robes of His righteousness. We must know I can go boldly to the throne of grace. I will walk by faith, not by sight. I will trust You, God. I will seek Your face. I will walk by faith. I won't trust my feelings. God, light us up. God, burn within us. God showed me this last night. I had a, my mom got me a chimney for Christmas. Started to make a fire, and man, this thing was getting on my nerves. I couldn't light it. I had it all ready. I got the fire all ready. And I don't know if I didn't have enough wood in the bottom. I had these big sticks. But anyways, I put the paper in there. I could not get a fire to light and to stay. It continually burned out. I've been out there. I was wanting to pray about this morning. I go inside, and I told Hannah, I'm done. I'm so done. I've been out here trying to get this thing going forever. She goes, oh, it'll burn. So I went outside, and I look. The thing is lit up huge. When we were both inside, it must have caught and just lit up big time. I started thinking, as soon as I said, God, I'm done, I'm not talking about quitting. As soon as I rested and ceased striving, the fire was lit. And God showed me this. God spoke to me last night. We can't make the fire ignite. But you know what? He has called us and commanded us. We can prepare the vessel. You can get the paper in all the place. You can get all the sticks ready, all the wood. We've been called to prepare ourselves, but only God can bring the fire. And as soon as you rest, and as soon as you see striving, friend, I'm telling you, you learn to take hold of God's Word. Hey, where the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. It's like we, we strive and we try and we try. Listen, ask for God. Ask Him to give Him of your, of, Ask Him to give Himself to you. It's incredible. He'll light you up. He'll use you. It's His Word. It's His will. He longs to. It's incredible what happens when we see striving. We get up next to the Master. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. It's incredible when we seek the face of God, cry out to Him with a pure heart, not because we're perfect, because He is. It's incredible, His power and His longing to use us. It is incredible. Guys, we must learn just to get out of His way. It's His will to use you. Are you lit up this morning? I'm not asking you if you feel God all over. Listen. Are you lit up for Jesus Christ? Because you can be, and His will is for you to be. Everyone stand all over this room. If you need to be saved this morning, I challenge you, today's the day of salvation. If you need to be saved, come forward to an old-fashioned altar. I'm going to ask everybody to look up here. I'm not going to have you bow your head and close your eyes. Church, will you magnify the Lord with me? Let's come together in one accord. Meet me at the altar. Will you pray? Will you cry out to God? God, burn within me. God, save my friends and family. God, give me the power and the strength to stand. God, may I speak Your Word clearly and boldly as I ought to speak it. This morning, these altars are open. I challenge you, won't you come? So you thought you had to keep this up All the work that you do 